Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You're listening to Comedy Central. Now hiring. Hmm. Black man. Joseph B. Hill was four days from starting a new position as the vice president of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Hill alleges that he was fired by his future employer after pointing out racist microaggressions that they had made to him during his transition into moving to Houston to accept the job. Oh. Word. You were hired to clean up racism, so you pointed out the racism, and then they just took the job away from you because they was like, nah, man, you kind of a hater. Yeah. Wow. To an extent, DE&I, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's a catchphrase, and you got to walk that line with these people. They want you to bring it in just enough to say that we've covered our bases. Some people. I'll just well, put it like that. Hill said his troubles begin when the real estate agent, the company contracted, the company hired a real estate agent, a white man, <laughs> and he shared what Hill reported as unconscious biases. Mm. As they were headed oh. to a house that Hill might rent, he pointed out a clothing store and told Hill, quote, it's owned by one of those rappers. I don't know those guys. The real estate agent continued as they passed by a public golf course and called it, quote, some place where you could play, end quote. (laughs) Hill told his employer about the racial biases of the real estate agent that they had contracted for him, and the employer rescinded his job offer. So he's accustomed to this. I'm not saying he has to deal with it. But if that salary was good enough, I would both look at, got my 90 days in, and then went back. I would at least get my first paycheck. Wait, is that a scam, JG? Ooh. Did you just give us a scam? That's not a scam. That's being petty. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Let's put it like that. I guess it is, right? My name is Roy. This is my job fair. We back. We back, JG. We back. We doing it again. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Y'all thought we was done talking about the Lord? Well, we're not. Jesus week number two. No, Jesus. Talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And we're talking about Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. 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 And we're 
talking about? Yeah, we talking about making money with you. Jesus, Jesus, making money with you. Jesus. We are discussing <laughs> careers in the uh, world of religion. Uh-huh. And we, last week, had a couple of pastors on who told us some ins and outs. And um, uh-huh. we had a woman who stepped into seminary school, then stepped out of it. Because mm-hmm. she couldn't deal with the, um, what we call it? It wasn't sexism? harassment. Yeah, it was definitely yeah, sexism. Yeah. Sexism. Yeah, we'll call it sexism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm excited about today's show because, you know, when you think about careers and religion, we think about it solely in the sense of the church. But we have a woman from Philadelphia who is a pastor mm-hmm. and works for the city of Philadelphia. How they do that? Mm. Yeah, I got a lot of questions there. Pastor, do you, pastor do you run for pastor or do you just get hired? <laughs> like, I've never seen them campaign signs in the yard nowhere. The first Vote place, me, pastor, District 7. <laughs> the first place that has, has somebody running for pastor, I might move. Because the commercials alone will be worth it. The two dueling <laughs> pastors going at each other. <laughs> Your pastor Yo. promised you a Benz. But I <gasps> bet you he didn't give it to you, did he? On the low That's third? where you need to... Mm. On the low, <laughs> pastors do be hating on each other. Oh, mm. what? I did not. Like, it's on some petty shit. So, mm, 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 so mm. back in my radio days, we had a segment called Ask the Pastor. Uh-huh. And the way in which he translated the word, in my opinion, did not resonate with our listeners. So mm. I felt like we needed to find a pastor who was more relatable. So that's what I did. It's my show. So we got a different pastor to come in and do Ask the Pastor. Okay. And I, we ain't fire him because he wasn't getting paid. We just didn't ask you back this month. That mm. pastor then used his leverage because at the time he had a bigger congregation. At the time he had bigger community influence. Mm-hmm. And he used that leverage to make us put him back on the show. Because mm-hmm. when you have the black megachurch, you have black people. And a radio station's job from a marketing standpoint is to align itself with other businesses in the city that have their listeners. So it's cross-pollination. Right. So the radio station, it's been a long enough time has passed, so I, can, I feel like I can speak freely on this, but we hosted a lot of events at his church. Okay. Mm. And so when he wasn't on our show no more, oh, best believe the sales department came running. Why y'all ain't have pastor? Huh? Why y'all ain't have... <laughs> Shit, beep that, Lawrence. Like, why y'all ain't have pastor? <laughs> Why y'all ain't have him on the show this month? Mm-hmm. We got five events. He talking about not doing the events with us because he ain't got no bread. I'm like, oh, okay. I see what the game is. Mm-hmm. He's using us as a recruitment tool there for his is. church. Mm-hmm. So I get it. So when you think about that side of the business of it, uh-huh. I understand. But yeah, he leveraged. I understand. He leveraged. It's just that business side of it. Mm-hmm. That I get fascinated with, you know, like I had a choir director. You you'll appreciate this story, JG. And now that I'm older, I understand why he was in a panic. I was in the kids choir in middle school. Really? You know what? Why you keep acting like I just never been to church? I Um, did not. That face suggested. That face suggested I don't see you in the kids choir. I'll send you you pictures. 
Really? For whatever reason, choir rehearsal started conflicting with baseball practice. So I started Mm -hmm. missing choir rehearsal. Uh And so then I would show up once a month to sing with the kids' choir, and the choir director would not let me sing. Really? Ooh, that's how they do. You don't play. You don't play. That's right. We rehearse the same six songs. We sing three of them. Uh Uh-huh. Come on, dog. What are you doing? How she know you're going to be consistent on a Sunday, Roy? And so that was the issue. The issue was that (laughs) I need dedicated troops showing up Uh so I can keep my job as Mm. choir director. And I need y'all to be good so that I don't get fired. Because if you show up having not practiced, if the choir looks bad, that reflects on me. And then I lose this bread. And I need this little extra chunk of change that I'm making on a Wednesday mm-hmm. night. And the problem is that she stepped to me all wrong. I was like, I'm late because I'm going to bed. Like, like we talk about the whole go to heaven. I always viewed choir rehearsal as extra gravy. That's extra credit. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's not part of the base level six days and the Sabbath and be good and don't punch nobody. Don't murder no. Ten Commandments. I'm in choir rehearsal in case I miss a couple of Sundays. Exactly. This is to make up. So, what kind of math? So if I don't. Doing? So if I don't come to oh, choir that. rehearsal, as long as I'm mm-hmm. at church on Sunday, I'm good. I'm still getting in the kingdom that y'all keep advertising. So okay. So she told me with a straight face, "Oh, this is this is the thing." I showed up one day to choir rehearsal in a dirty baseball uniform. Uh-huh. I was late. I had time to change back in my school clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, no, that's not good. Either you come here on time to sing your praises to your Lord and Savior, or you can go enjoy baseball and go to hell. And I hope no. there's a baseball field in hell. There it like, is. I'm done. Yeah. There it is. I'm done. There it I'm is. Not baseball back. it is. Baseball it is. And now as an older person, I understand I was fucking up her money. But and she still, was just mad. She was mm. mad, but you don't speak to someone who you can influence like that. She kept yes, you, you out of the choir. Yes, you do. That's exactly what the black church teaches you. That's what exactly I learned from that. Of course, they talk to you that way. They tell you exactly whatever it is they want to say, but then they'll say stuff like respectfully at the end of it. And that's why the church has to grow. And that's where I find problems. And I'm not just talking about one denomination. It's the Mm -mm. people in those churches. They have to grow. Let's just real quick, before Mm -hmm. we get into um, worse than first, because we don't really have a lot of time for CMO right now. I want to talk to our researcher, down South Georgia girl. Now, you a Southern girl. You down there in Georgia, Rhonda. Have you ever had issues in the church? Did you work in the church at all? You seem like a church treasurer. You got church treasurer energy. Mm. Uh, I did work in the church, but I definitely have up in the church every time we had a meeting. Sunday morning service, Sunday evening service, Wednesday night service. Mm -hmm. If we had vacation Bible school, I was there. Mm -hmm. I was at church all the time. Mm -hmm. And when we went to guest churches on Mm -hmm. Sunday evening, I had to go to that too. Mm -hmm. What a hostage situation you came up in. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Lord. That's true. I hate the fact that she ain't alone because everything she just said sounded like my childhood. Uh, it was kind of similar. I spent a whole lot of time in church. I was fine with church until I went to, I spent my summers in Mississippi pretty much all the way up until about the sixth grade. So mm-hmm. three, four months every year, I was just in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And so you best believe mm-hmm. we was doing two a days on Sunday and then doing mm-hmm. vacation Bible school. 
you know, yeah. for a yeah. week or so. Did you all um, do the pizza? Like if, when Vacation Bible School was wrapping up, you got the pizza week, pizza day? They did burgers. It, this is Clarksdale, Mississippi. They didn't have a pizza yeah. hut. And, you know, yeah, y'all don't, I don't, don't even don't think they have... had a Domino's. We we did King's Dominion. I grew up rather bougie. We, we did King's Dominion. Oh, look at you at the amusement park. Must be nice. Yeah, yeah Must sorry. be nice. Roller with Jesus. A lot of bougie, <laughs> a lot of bougie black people where I grew up. At. Shout out Northern <laughs> Virginia. What, what? Sorry. Let's get into worst of first. JG, mm. who do we have on the line for worst? We have Pastor David Bullock of the Superstar Church. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. it has been brought to my attention that uh, that Pastor Bullock is a graduate of a very esteemed mm. black college. The only one. And, the and only one that matters. As it is Tell customary. As it is customary on this program, when somebody went to the same college as a guest, we got to be quiet and let them make all their college sounds and all of that shit. Okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, Sorry well, I mean, for cussing, Pastor. I mean, <laughs> well, That's all right. Cussing is in the box. Well, no. I mean, I, I don't think we're going to sing to him or nothing. You know, I just, I just know that. Let's not sing to him, but how about this? Rain don't stop. Them. Oh, uh, thunder don't stop the house. Come bro. on, snow don't stop the house. Oh man, nobody stops the house, bro. Saying, you know, know. Spellman might shock the house. Mm, Clark might sort of impress the house. Yeah, but nope. But uh, nobody. Nope. Nobody stops the house. I'm, I'm, I'm. I feel at home. All right now. I feel at home. All right, I'm, feel, I'm feeling good now. I don't need mind it. I'm at home coming now. I feel good. Somewhere Samuel L. Jackson and Martin Luther King are smiling. So, so yes. take us back to that job that you. Who's the one boss that you had that you know you still need to pray for? Because you still might want to put hands on. <laughs> mm. On site. That's a fair question for Bullock. That's a fair question. Let me say I was working for a particular educational institution. Okay. And uh, I was teaching uh, at the school there. And I had a young, uh, a young boss, a boss that was younger than I was of a different persuasion. Mm. And you know how you go into a store and people follow you around and ask you, you going to buy something or, you know, mm-hmm. um, can I help you? And no, I'm fine. I'm just looking, just browsing. I'll be all right. You know, you break it. You bought it. Go ahead. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm good. Like, I'm fine. I'm just looking. I've been here before. You know, so my boss was like that. Mm. You know, you know, you were here a minute late yesterday. Oh. A, minute, a minute. Really? OK. All right. So, you know, um. You left 30 seconds early uh, last weekend, <laughs> last Friday. You're oh, over-exaggerating. Okay, right. you think so? So so the thing about it is uh, when you have an online clock-in system, I'm not exaggerating. She would go in and check the system and then send me emails. Uh, do we need to have a meeting and talk about, you know, your attendance? Uh, do we need to meet and talk about any extenuating circumstances that you might be having? And I'm going to be honest with you, it, 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 you know, I, I love Jesus and I love God's people. But I finally told the sister of another persuasion. I said, well, you know, I, you know, my, the problem is every time I get ready to come to work, I remember I'm black. And so I need a minute in the parking lot. So really, I'm here on time, but I'm checking in late because I'm turning myself down. I'm de-escalating myself because I feel like you're hostile. Oh, see. And uh, see. And uh, so then we had to have a meeting with somebody else, and, and we had a meeting with somebody else, and uh, 
and then they fired I'll you. I pray for you, but I'll lay hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fired you. <laughs> you yes. all that no, I did not I give did. them the privilege of firing okay. me. Mm. I simply in the last meeting said, you know what? I'm still black and I'm still trying to de-escalate, except I'm not in my car. I'm in this meeting. So I'm just going to walk outside and go de-escalate. And I just, just got in the car and left. <laughs> and they didn't even call to check on you. Oh, after that. Yeah, oh, come on, check. Come on, come on. Call it. Okay, come on. That was probably the worst experience because I actually enjoyed the job, mm-hmm. and I and it was a job I pursued, but I could not deal with this supervisor. I just couldn't deal. So, Pastor Bullock, you are a person. When we talk about de-escalation, you are someone that. I feel like when, when we look at your resume, you are not solely in the spiritual space. You are someone that has always cared for people. You're a past president of an NAACP chapter, past president of Rainbow Push, you, uh, past president of Rainbow Push in the Michigan area, Michigan. if I'm not mistaken. That's right. That's right. Then you've also led the battle in fighting state ordinances and mandates and laws and all types of stuff. And water crisis, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we ain't even got time to even get into Flint. We don't have and everything time to get going. into Flint, man. How did you get into preaching? When did you finally turn the corner and go, you know what? It's time for me to get my license. You know, I don't know what it's called. Like, I don't, what is Ordination. it? Ordination. Certificate, your certificate of pastoral shit. Certificate of ministry. Oh, that's what I said. Yes. The, no, you the said diploma, the, past, past, the, the past Lord's past. diploma. When you got the Lord's diploma. That's, that's a great question. Let me say that I'm a little non-traditional in the sense that uh, I don't believe in the separation between the sacred and the secular. You know, um, whether I'm organizing for justice for Flint or whether I'm preaching a sermon on Sunday morning, it's the same guy. It's the same spirit. Uh, it's the same power. It's the same anointing, same compassion. So, but how did I get, in, get into it? Um, hey, my father was a pastor. My mother's father was a pastor. My mother's father's father was a pastor. My father's father was a pastor. My father's father's father was a quartet singer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. His name was Fair Singing Walter. <laughs> hey, can you imagine? He didn't even have a last name. His first name was Singing. That's how good he was. <laughs> That's a whole other story. It's about 600 of us. So I can honestly say at the age of 10, all I knew was church. I grew up in church. So at 10, I told my father, hey, you were preaching, and the Lord told me it was my turn. It's my turn. 10 years old. And he was like, okay, well, Let's talk about this a little later. 12, mm. 12, two years passed. I told him the same thing. Hey, two years passed, man. It's my turn. Like, bro, I'm ready. I got this. I'm ready. I'm ready to save souls. Man. I'm ready. I'm 12. 12. It's amazing. Like, you 12 years old, right? you like, I'm ready to save souls, man. I'm ready to preach this word, man. I'm ready to get out here. Help the lost, right? And then I will say this. My mother died from breast cancer when I was 15. I was a senior in high school. And um, when I found out she died, I went to church. It was like a Thursday or something. Nobody was there. I had keys, right? And just laid on the altar for about three or four hours. Mm. And I could hear the Lord clear as day saying, life is short. You better do what you're going to do. And I got up off that altar and told my dad, it's been five years 
in five years. It's time. And so he finally said, you know what, I'm going to let you preach a trial sermon. And, and the rest is history. I mean, um, now, if my parents had been, you know, astronauts, maybe I'd, I'd gone to the moon, but they were into the Bible. That's where I went. And I would say I grew up in the golden age of preaching, late 70s to early 90s, golden age of hip hop, oh. golden, age, oh. golden age of hip hop, golden age of preaching. You know what I'm saying? So I had Tupac and I had Biggie and I had C.L. Franklin and Jasper Williams. And that's what I had. You see what I'm saying? I had the best. Mm. Now, if we're going to be real about church changing for the better since that time you talking about, them seats got much better in church because them (coughs) them wooden pews, the lower lumbar, Mm. the 90s, black church in the 90s, that's why all the old folks was hobbled. That's why they were sick and shut in. They couldn't come back to church and sit on them wooden pews. Now, after a while, they added that one little maroon cushion, like a little See, stadium. I disagree. I disagree because the seats are nicer and the saints don't shout anymore. Because mm. it's, mm. it's too comfortable. It's too, <laughs> much. too comfortable for them. <laughs> what do you think people get wrong? Uh, what is a mis- What is a big misconception about your job that you believe most people have? Everything. Mm. Everything. For example. For example, you ain't if you have never pastored, shut up. Mm. If you preach but have never preached to thousands, shut up. Mm-hmm. If you have a reverend in front of your name, but don't nobody know who you are, please be quiet. If you are a mm. prophetess and prophesy to your family own. That's it. Prophet. Please, there you go. Please That's have, the word. Please have some seats. If you are an evangelist but have never gone out of town to preach, please sit down. <laughs> If 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 you if 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 you are called to preach, but you only preach four times a year, please get another calling. I mean, everything they get everything wrong. One, they think it's all about the money. How do you run a building, transportation, people in your pocket all the time, right? Without money, but then people are like, well, it's God's business. Yeah, the last time I asked God to buy a house for somebody, He told me find the money. Okay, you can't run a church now. The other thing people get wrong about, they make it about celebrity, right? They think they think preachers are all about themselves. You would be surprised the kind of access that people want from preachers. Roy, you wouldn't do it. Jacqueline, you wouldn't do it. I mean, you don't have a private life. You can't do anything. You can't gain weight. You can't lose weight. You can't, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't marry nobody. You can't date nobody. You can't divorce nobody. You can't have no kids. You can't not have kids. You can't be rich. You can't be poor. Everything you do is under a microscope. But then you're seeing these people every week. Why pastor got a new pass? Why pastor? Did you see pastor socks? Oh, Lord. I seen pastor at the Yo Gotti concert. Why was pastor at the Yo Gotti concert? He was up front. Hey, I see pastor at Golden Corral. Lord knows he need to be backing away from that buffet now. But, Mm. uh, But so, sister, why'd you bring him a cake? Well, you know, pastor love his cakes. You know, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just, I mean, is he fat or not? But this is the biggest thing people get wrong about, Mm. about church and preachers. Spirituality Mm. is an individual endeavor. Mm. I don't care what the coach does. If you don't run in the race, you're not getting no medals. And everybody Mm. be talking about the coach and everybody talking about what the coach has done. If you're not running, you're not getting no medals. And so people major in the minor of men and women in ministry instead of majoring in the major of God and their own race. So like you said, you moved from your dad being in the pulpit to you being in the pulpit. 
how have you progressed the church? Because I grew up in those churches. They're annoying to me. No offense. So how have you progressed? Yeah, great question. So I never pastored the church. My dad pastored. It wouldn't have worked. But he gave you your first pool. No, so go ahead. No, he allowed me to start my preaching ministry as an associate minister in his church. Correct. And I, then I left and went to college. Right. Okay. And then I went, then I left and went to divinity school. And then mm-hmm. so I then I started my own ministry. Now my ministry, I'll do respect, is completely different than my father's ministry. Mm-hmm. Now my father passed about three, about two, 2018 he passed. Mm-hmm. It would have been amazing to see my you, my father and myself together before mm-hmm. he passed. Because all of the stuff that he would tell me I shouldn't be doing in ministry, he started telling me, you know what? You was doing the right stuff. You're doing the right mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was cutting edge because he had the women in ministry, right? He was cutting edge because he would let young people do stuff. I was cutting edge, you know, because I didn't have a pulpit. You know, I'm cutting edge because we rapping. I'm mm-hmm. cutting I'm cutting edge because, hey, my church is not having church on Sundays. We're marching to the police department on Sunday, shutting down the jail. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because the police are crooked. So it's a completely different ministry. Okay. Um, and then of course, you know, I was doing TV, you know, doing radio. So it's just a completely different footprint. But the but I got that from him though, because he gave me the freedom even as a child to preach the way I wanted to preach. Cause see, mm-hmm. I preach about stuff that you know you shouldn't preach about. Like you ain't got to be married to love God. What's wrong with y'all? marrying these people to prove to somebody else you love God miserable. And they'd be like, well, mm. what kind of preaching is that? That's good preaching. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, so, so my messages, even as a child, were different. You know, Christians are fake. You know, half y'all just need to leave and don't come back. Mm. And then maybe we can get somewhere. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, so to answer your question, I appreciated the fact that I was always able to be myself mm. and always able to express what I believe God was saying through me, the way God would say it through me, as opposed to the way God was saying it through other people. And I think a lot of preachers are scared to kind of say what they really want to say. I just never mm. been scared. I want you, I want you to specifically talk about being a non-traditional pastor, because I think a lot of times, like I th- we, in fact, we had discussed it. One of the things that scared me away from even going further with the church was that I felt like you just had to be a certain kind of person. You had to be a certain kind of way. And I've never seen you as a stereotypical pastor. I ain't never. Man, brother, I appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? I heard about Magic City, but I never been there. No, no, of not course. you. Never. No. no. Or no. the wings on Grub. <laughs> you can get strip club food. Yeah, you can delivered. get the wings on carry out. You can you can walk right up to the door and without being deep, we had to just be honest, right? If you mm. black and you preaching, you automatically non-traditional. Because those of us that were brought over on the boats, it was never intended for us to preach. Right. fundamentally it was never intended we had to start our own churches for a reason it was never intended for us we never did it the way they did it it was non-traditional from the jump Th- those of us who are non-traditional aren't preaching anything like be crazy do whatever you want you know what i mean no what we're saying is be authentic and it's too many people making being fake of god mm. i'll agree with you there well your show is called the People Show, a wonderful, wonderful yeah. radio talk show. Where can people find that to get more of this real non-traditional spit? Because I like it. <laughs> For sure. People can go uh, to my YouTube channel, David Alexander Bullock. 
on YouTube. They can follow me on Instagram at D Alexander B. And then we'll be launching a church in Atlanta next year. Uh, the Superstar Church is, is going to have a second location in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're excited about that. People should just stay locked in and see where we're headed. Thank you so much, man, for coming on the job thank fair. Thank you. Hey, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all. Keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate you, Bullock. After the break, we're going to talk with a black women's. A black women's. A black women's down in Philadelphia who's a pastor, but she don't do it for the church. She's salaried by the government. Mm. We still talk about the law. Would that make her Philadelphia's pastor, bro? I believe we gonna talk to the pastor of Philadelphia. I don't know if that's the official mm. job title, but that's what we gonna talk to. <laughs> it sound right. That don't sound right. Yeah, right. That's it your feel, right. You feel right. On, you, you, could, you could put it on your pastor's certificate. Oh, yeah. Certificate of pastoralship. Mm. Pastor, <laughs> the pastoring license. Pastor permit. Mm. You know, you could go to Jacqueline School of Pastoral. Yes. You could go ahead and pick that a degree on up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jacqueline's degree is a pastoral. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the move right Job there. Job, We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Hey, Doug Gottlieb here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time 
to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines the raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. With the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. With new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Still talking about the Lord, more Lord. We did some Lord last week, and this week we're doing more Lord. Now we had wonderful Amara on last week, JG, yes. who uh, was very kind to break down. You know, Amara was in seminary school and decided to turn away from that because you know she was having her own issues with what it meant to be a woman in that space. You like when we have black women on the show, Jacqueline? You I know get into I my do. Very revered voice. You and know I love, love it. We love when we have black women. Black women's. Women's. Women. The black women. See, I don't understand. The root of the tree of life is the black women's. <laughs> women's. Women's. Uh, let me let me quit playing because she, she has a limited amount of time with us. JG, who do we have on the line? We have Pastor Naomi, Director for Faith-Based and Interfaith Affairs for the City of Philadelphia. And she is an adjunct professor of Theology and Religious Studies at Villanova University. Okay. Well, Reverend Dr. Washington <laughs> Leapheart, welcome to the job fair. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> As a woman and a minority, what, if any, dealings did you have with discrimination as you rose through the ranks of pursuing the spiritual path? Because mm. I feel like discrimination looks a little different Mm. in that world, especially at the education level when you're going through, I don't know what it's called. Is it called a preacher license? Um, pastor permit? I don't know the word. <laughs> he said pastor permit. I don't know the name of the document. <laughs> <laughs> but from then until now, were there ever moments where you felt like maybe this career path isn't worth all this damn trouble? Yes. Mm. Um, mm. This is a daily decision to return to ministry. But I learned a long time ago that I probably won't be able to see the harvest of what I planted. Okay. I probably mm. won't 
you know, experience the thank you, the apology mm. uh, that I might be due. So I have to be okay with um, that. Mm-hmm. That means I have to decide every day, do I still want to do the work that won't ever thank me or won't thank mm. me enough? Yeah. Um, mm. But I know that there are pulpits that I will never be invited to. I know that there are classrooms I'll never be invited to. But that's okay because I'm not for everybody. Mm. That rejection gets me closer to the one who, who is precisely looking for me. But that doesn't mean that it's not painful, right? Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean mm. that, you know, every time I feel like, oh, the recording of my sermon was mysteriously misplaced, mm-hmm. mm. right? You know, they read my bio and where the last line of the bio is, she is married to, you know, a black woman. Mm-hmm. And they are raising this black girl child together. Mm-hmm. Like you read every other line. It's not like mm-hmm. you were trying to skip around and read kind of the most important, but you, when you read my bio, when you leave that part off, yeah, that hurts, that hurts. So yeah, I've experienced discrimination, mostly in the form of erasure, you know, pretending I just don't exist. Mm. You know, we spoke with Amara last week and Amara was talking about just being a woman and people just straight up coming to him going, yo, you are a woman and I don't even want you in here. Cover up your breasts. Hold up, so, wait, wait a minute, keep, wait a minute, keep that real. Amara's a white woman that was in the yeah, church. Yeah, they told a white they, woman. They told a white chick, like, basically, you still can't be a pastor because you're a woman. You know what? I will say that I have made a decision to not go where I'm not wanted. So I think that I probably experienced less kind of violent alienation mm. than maybe some of my comrades and colleagues do because I just, I stopped waiting for people to, to come around. I found instead my people, yes. the ones who want to hear precisely what I'm going to say as a Black queer woman. All right. I'm always curious about families and family dynamics. How did you bring to the forefront to your family that, hey, this is me? How young were you and how did they take it? And then when you layered on, oh, I'm also going to preach. This is not something I recommend, but that all happened in the same conversation for me. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I'm with I don't, it. Rip the band-aid. I don't, <laughs> I don't do it. I don't recommend that necessarily, but um, I what I was doing was living a double life. I was the quintessential church girl, and there was nothing disingenuous about that. Mm-hmm. And I was just, you know, I was saying, well, I, you know, I like, I like. That was like my line, right? I like who I like. <laughs> and I, I never thought that I had to say more about that. Uh, and then I went to seminary. Mm. And I met other out black nice. ministers. Yeah. And I said, well, if they can live with integrity mm-hmm. and they can unapologetically say, I'm here because I'm supposed to be, and I'm here because I'm called to be by the mm-hmm. same God you playing called you, mm. then I need to walk in my own truth. So I came out to myself more fully and to everybody mm. while I was in seminary. Okay. Nice. So I, I told my mother, she had come to Pennsylvania to hear me preach for the first time. It was her hearing me for the first time. And we were at dinner the night before, <laughs> the night before. 
And I just kind of blurted it out. And, um, you know, I got all of the, what the Bible says. And mm. Hell, how can, mm-hmm. can you stand in the pulpit? That's to be, no, it was very. Yeah. And I was just like, I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> you know, mm. but I, I was very clear. Um, and uh, then after that, we have not had one other conversation about it because it was like you either are going to love me this way, yes, or not. Um, mm. But I already mm. have my people here. Like mm-hmm. I have a, I have a community that is forming around me. So it'll hurt, but it won't hurt like it would hurt if I was going to be all by myself. You, you, you have an interesting, and stop me if I get this job title wrong, but I want to make sure you have you have an interesting relationship where you provide faith-based guidance to the city of Philadelphia. And you do that because you were appointed as a member of the Faith and Spiritual Affairs Advisory Board, which is a part of the Department of Behavioral Health and Intellectual Disability Services. Did I get that right? Yes. And there's one other thing. I am also the director of Faith-Based and Interfaith Affairs in the mayor's office. Your job, how do you get that job? Because I don't, I'm trying to imagine this listing on monster.com. Like, (laughs) Hey, the city of Philadelphia, we need a pastor. Right. Please come here. And also, you must bring all of the other faiths together. You must be cool <laughs> with the Muslims and the Jews and the Catholics and the Christians and the CMEs and AMEs and all the non-denominationals. You must be one unifying person. What is that job like? Like, just what, what is the day-to-day of just being the pastor of Philadelphia? <laughs> Well, I don't want to diminish any of the clergy doing wonderful work oh, here of course in the city. Not. <laughs> what I'm what I'm trying to do is though, I think represent a kind of moral conscience in City Hall. Mm. We had, you know, Walter Wallace Jr. was killed by the Philadelphia police last October. Mm. And we needed some moral clarity about what would be required, some moral courage about what was necessary. We have been living through the pandemic like everybody else, and we've needed to hear from somebody a word of of encouragement, a word, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. You know, everybody, we were getting the daily reports from the health department, and those were helpful. Yes, tell us the numbers and what we should be doing to try to mitigate COVID. But I was able to say to the mayor and others, I need to go on the press conference, one of these daily press conferences, to offer a word of comfort and prayer, you know, a, a, a responsible and respectful prayer, given all of the faith traditions that are represented in Philly. But somebody needs to give voice to the pain and anxiety and even frustration and anger and fear that's in our community. Somebody needs to pray. Somebody needs to sing a song that helps to, to calm people down enough so that they can think clearly about how they're going to move through this pandemic, right? And so mm-hmm. that's the kind of voice I'm trying to add. I'm not a politician. I'm not a bureaucrat. But I believe that we won't be able to govern well or distribute resources well or do right by Philadelphia residents mm. if we're not um, connecting to a moral center, a moral compass. We have to have a moral framework. How are we making decisions about policing or about budget or about violence, gun violence? If we have no moral frame, right, let's say I live in a city that would they need Jesus. How do I walk into City Hall respectfully and say, hello, mayor of 
city that needs Jesus. I have a pastor permit. Like even in like a, even in a volunteer capacity, what are what are ways that people that want to take what they have learned from a spiritual side and apply it civically? Because what you were doing, mm. in my opinion, it is a civic service, no different than anyone else that holds office in city hall. So how can how can other people and if you just have any just smidgen of advice to people out there that may want to do something that's more out in the community versus within the four walls of a church? How could someone create for themselves what you have in Philadelphia? First of all, let me say that um, I'm I'm one of three people like like me around the country in terms of the mayor's office or city government has a salaried role <laughs> designated for someone who's who's interested in engaging faith community in a variety of ways and being a voice representing faith folk in Mm -hmm. city hall dc has someone like me new york city has someone like me okay so i mean perhaps what we need to do is be advocating for resources to be set aside for a position like this within city government right People have said to me, you, you're like a chaplain in City Hall. People come to me and ask for prayer. Or people write me an email and say this or that, right? We need somebody in here who's taking care of the spiritual needs of city employees. Just put it like corp- corporations have chaplains. Mm-hmm. The military has chaplains. Airports. Hos- hospitals have chaplains. Airports have chaplains. Sports teams, professional sports teams have chaplains. They do. Right? They do. So, so municipalities and, and governments perhaps need chaplains too. And not the folk who are lobbying for a particular political agenda. That's what I love about my role mm. in, is that I, I'm supposed to be here to work with everybody, mm-hmm. even if your politics are different from mine. So I know that there are people who are like, how she get that? How she, how we going to have, she married to a woman. How we going to, how she going to pray for, the, for us or for these proceedings, right? And, and what I say is, oh, okay, well, I'm, I don't have to, you don't, I don't have to pray for you. If you don't want, if you don't want me to pray for you, I don't have to pray for you. All right. But what I'm going to do is serve Philadelphia with excellence. That's what I'm mm-hmm. going to do. So we need to advocate for more of these kinds of roles in municipal government, local government, regional government. I also think that, um, you know, if you're interested in politics, even remotely, and you want to use your faith to inspire people to do what is right politically. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that's a thorny, that's a thorny subject. A lot of people think they're doing what is right politically, but um, <laughs> there are lots of, of organizations that are trying to reach people of faith, but don't know how, don't have the expertise, don't have the language. You know, you think about organizations who are doing criminal justice reform work or organizations that do reproductive justice work or mm. organizations that are climate change organizations or something like that. They want to reach people of faith. Why? Because they want them on their side politically. So they're going to need faith engagement people. They're going to need people like me who have expertise in faith and who also know how to talk to folk, right? Who who (laughs) can step outside of the pulpit, right? And actually have a conversation with someone. And I'm not trying to be your pastor. I'm not trying to, I don't want your tithes. I don't want, right? I just... Mm. I want to engage you as another person of faith. And so there are actually lots of jobs. People would be surprised at how many faith engagement, faith outreach jobs that there are. Um, and that's that's how I found out about this job, because I was on that board for the Department of Behavioral Health. And 
found out that the mayor's office was looking looking for someone. We offer you a million thank yous for what you are doing. And thank you for taking, you know, seriously, just what you're doing. You are the tip of the spear of change. And, you know, as religion goes, so does a lot of collective thought in our country. Reverend Naomi Washington Leapart, thank you so, so much for coming on the job fair. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say to anybody who is queer, trans, and Black, and you're trying to figure out a way to also be faithful. Mm. Know that you are not by yourself and that you got people out here who will surround you and support you uh, as you go and do your thing. So be encouraged. Be encouraged. Beautiful. That's what's up. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye, Pastor Naomi. You saw that glass in her hair? She breaking out of glass ceilings. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love it. After the break, we're going to get into somebody who probably ain't been to church in a long ass time. No, Rod, aka Rod for sure. It ain't no time. Rod, maybe he's going to church since last week. You know, maybe, Stood maybe last week, maybe last week's episode encouraged him to oh, go to church. This okay. Week. No. No. Nah. You disagree? Okay. I just we ain't waking up that early on a Sunday, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about? Job fair. We'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And we're back on Dealing Together where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Oh, nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. My choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. 
Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of MagicalNegroesFilm.com to get tickets now. Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. As we bring this second episode of Jesus to a close, which will close out the double Jesus weeks here, JG, and cement our place in heaven. You <laughs> think? Right at the gates. Right at the gates. If it's if it's any city that need a pastor, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, any place where the football stadium has a jail built into it could need a pastor. <laughs> what? Just saying. You didn't oh, know yeah, that, JG? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't hang out in jails, y'all. I don't <laughs> <laughs> But you might hang out at a football stadium, and the person that you're with, if you happen to be at a Philadelphia game, there is a uh, jail inside the game. Um, Lincoln Financial Field has yep. a really? holding and processing facility for any unruly fans, and you will sit here and get processed, mugshot the whole lot. Then at mm-hmm. the end of the game, we take all of y'all down to central processing. Oh. These are the fans who threw batteries at Santa Claus. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Applauded yeah, when Michael Irvin laid paralyzed on the field at <gasps> Veterans Stadium. Facts. Are you serious? Temporarily yeah, paralyzed, are... but paralyzed nonetheless. Agreed. An Eagles fan on the night that they won the Super Bowl mm-hmm. in a moment of jubilant celebration reached down and ate a handful of horse shit off the ground. <gasps> yes, they did. On TV in front of the whole world. I remember that. No. Oh, yeah. Why? Because he needs Jesus, Jacqueline. That's why. 
It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to that pastor for coming on and mm. we wish her nothing but the best. She has a uh. tough job. <laughs> <laughs> we turn our attentions now to my favorite part of this program. And um, uh. this is a brother we all love and if you want to meet this gentleman. Um, Don't do that. <laughs> soak a rib and a shot of Evan Williams and wrap your panties around that barbecue rib and set it out on your front porch like a cookie for Santa Claus. And he will appear. He comes to us from parts unknown in middle Tennessee. I've been saying central Tennessee and I got a correction. Uh, RoyceJobFair at gmail.com if you ever want to correct me on some dumb shit. Uh, shout out to Jocelyn. I won't say your last name, but uh, Jocelyn was kind enough to correct me on that, Rod. Um, Who is Jocelyn? Jocelyn. <laughs> is a, she's a listener of the show, as far as I know, unless unless Rod, did she set her tender sentence to 100 miles? You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Shout out to Jocelyn. To <laughs> from Middle Tennessee. His mama named him Rado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, welcome back on uh, Jesus Week here. Uh, yeah, hey man, praise be. Little feedback, Rod, from your um, vacation Bible school um, story from last week. Uh, uh-huh. Apparently, apparently, vacation Bible school, unbeknownst to me, was a place of rampant puberty-based fingering. Yes, indeed. Uh, a lot of people could relate to that story. I shared that story with my little brother, uh, Jay Wood, back in Birmingham. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's the only reason you go to vacation Bible school is for the freaks. What? <laughs> I, I did not know that. I went for the pizza. A, the pizza? <laughs> the what? You got pizza. <laughs> you did. That was some good pizza, though. It was. It wasn't better hey. than the pussy. Hey, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, man. Thank Touché. you, bro. I got pizza at the house. All right. (laughs) (sighs) Those were the days. One fingering in the front seat of a Cutlass Supreme, and you wouldn't wash that hand for four days. I'm talking about Sniff City. You know what I'm talking about? Like doing a key bop of that thing every couple minutes. (laughs) Don't let make a bus trip go along a little bit smooth. That's all I'm going to say. Up in them snooch fubes, baby. Yes, sir. But, Rod, we're still trying to go to heaven <laughs> off this episode, so we're going to have to scale it back a little bit. These, the last week and this week, these are the two episodes that we are going to submit in our admission into heaven application. I'll turn it over to you. We invite Rod on this program to give people of the opposite race things to bring up at their job, and uh, I'll let you kick it off. What's some topics people can bring up at their job to keep things from being so monotonous at work? White people and religious news related to black people. Uh, it was recently announced that top notch actor Leonardo DiCaprio is in the final negotiations to play notorious People's Temple cult leader Jim Jones from the Jonestown Massacre in South America. And that that news was released on Twitter, which prompted black people to start making memes and jokes about Leonardo DiCaprio playing Jim Jones from Dipset. And it was rapper Jim Jones. (laughs) It was a very good fucking time. Those pictures were hilarious. Um, 
Yeah, do, do yourself a favor and download those pics on your phone to show black people at your job when you talk about it. I got pictures of Leo in my head saying, dip set, dip set, dip set. It was dip so set. fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> they photoshopped his face onto so many classic pictures of Jim Jones, the rapper. Oh, God. It was a good time. That was a lot of fun. There's any actor that could pull it off, it's for sure Leo DiCaprio. You know what's wild about the Jim Jones story is that he started out such a nice man. You know, when he was run out of he was run out of Indiana uh, because he started the first set, like desegregated church in the state, mm-hmm. and yep. they ran him out of town for that. And then he uh, he also used to uh, hustle on the side by selling monkeys. <laughs> what? And then he went down to, to Guyana to Jonestown. And uh, up until 9-11, that was the largest number of Americans ever killed at one time was the Jonestown massacre. Uh, James Warren Jones, thank you, Down South Georgia girl, uh, was a political activist, preacher, Christian Marxist, and faith healer. Faith healer. And he was claimed to be a revolutionary. Jones and his inner circle orchestrated a mass murder-suicide in his remote jungle commune in Guyana, in 1978, Jones coerced a mass murder-suicide that claimed the lives of 918 commune members. Almost all of them died by drinking Flavor-Aid Kool-Aid laced with cyanide. Is that what you think? That's why Flavor-Aid never took off in Kool-Aid? No, it isn't. You know why? Because it, it actually... They, it didn't take off because of that, but not for the reason you think. So the, the phrase "Don't drink the Kool Aid" uh-huh. comes from the Jonestown massacre. Wow. But the problem is, wow. it was Flavor Aid and not Kool Aid. But Kool Aid <laughs> got the fucking branded for it. That was that was actually Flavor Aid's time to shine. But Kool Aid was already they, people just called it Kool Aid instead. It's kind of the way Jacuzzi is a brand. It's it's a brand of hot tubs. It's not what a hot mm-hmm. tub is called, but they just call it like Jacuzzi. Xerox is a company. But yeah, they, but that's what like that's what happened. Flavor Aid had a chance. They probably was thinking, oh, it's about to go down when they heard the first reports. But they, everybody just kept saying Kool Aid instead of Flavor Aid. It does roll off the tongue better. No pun intended. <laughs> This Jim Jones dude did not fuck around. They sent some American politicians down there. They're like, hey, nigga, why you down here wilding out? And he murdered them. Yeah, they killed yep. the Congress. Yeah, he killed them. <laughs> he was listening to Julius Santana and Cameron. <laughs> That's a bad leadership structure, man. That, that was that was destined for bad. You know what I'm saying? Cameron riding around in pink Lamborghinis and wearing pink furs. You can't Zone listen to that, down. man. <laughs> now we know why the dip set broke up. Let's flip it. Let's flip the script there, right? Black people, the, the latest uh, religious news that's got white people all riled up is Kanye West has kicked his Sunday services back off, and Ooh. Marilyn Manson showed up and performed Ooh. and hung out. And a lot of his fans are upset because they think of him as a satanic madman. They don't like him hanging out at church service with super Christian Kanye West. Wait, but, it pissed off Marilyn Manson's fans or Kanye's fans? It pissed off Marilyn Manson's fans. Mm, <laughs> they don't funny. like it. You can't you can't be that's the funny. devil, man. And then Kanye West is talking about Jesus and yet his damn church service. They don't like it. But the devil Which is, is ironic. An angel. Like that's that's just how much like those people care about their artists. Like 
that's still listening to that dude, even though he's been accused of like rape and sexual oh, assault, kind of crazy, domestic shit, right? abuse, and they're like, yeah, who cares? But the minute he shows up to a church service with Kanye mm-hmm. West, like, hey, not fuck acceptable. Marilyn Manson, not acceptable. No. cancel him, <laughs> cancel him. <laughs> so, if you're Marilyn Manson, how do you get back in the good graces with your base? You get, hey y'all, look, I'm sorry about mm. that. Let me let me eat three bats, <laughs> basically. Right. But the devil is a fallen angel. So why would the Marilyn Manson fans be upset? I don't know. Because I mean, the uh, devil is a fallen they, angel, not well, an angel anymore. He doesn't go to I'm church. Gonna... I mean, Jacqueline, it seems that you have a lot of questions. I think maybe we can. Do we want to do a devil week? Oh yeah, no! Yes, yeah. Beelzebub. I mean, we done, done the Lord. We done done the Lord. Gotta hear both sides. We can talk to some atheists. Sides. I know some atheists. We can no, talk to. not atheist third. Oh, devil. you want you want the, the real? Devil. You want the horns on the the devils? Oh shit! Some people from the Church of Satan would be good. Those people are actually really cool. The devil worshippers I have met were pretty jolly. Really. I'm Roy's not, not Job t- fair. <laughs> Roy's Job. Job. <laughs> uh, JG, I've met nice witches too. I met Wiccans, I think True. it's called. Really? True. I met yeah. some black Wiccans. I met black Wiccans. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I just don't know any of them that make money, so I don't know how they qualify for job mm. there. But I know, like, on some spirits and herb shit, you know, if it's a good Wiccan out there, I met one, she worked at Kinko's. And she used she to, didn't. I can tell that you are a good person and a good soul, and I'm going to put a good spell on you because you are in here working hard, and I can see it. And I'm a witch, but I'm a good witch, and I cast good spells. And I, can, I ain't going to say that the shit was real, but... My career been alright. <laughs> yeah, that's what's up. You Since tapped that double bubble, tall and trouble ass, didn't you? No. And that went down to Georgia. Was so still. Podcast is Uncle Rod's Story Corner. You can get it wherever you download all of the other podcasts that are in your phone. Rod, as always, thank you for coming hard doing Jesus thank Week you. and. Um, I'll leave you to your southern comfort and smelling your finger. What is up? (laughs) Scam of the week time. This is where we invite you to Job Fair listener to come on this fine acoustical radio presentation and tell us about something you saw stolen or something you used to steal. Assuming the statute of limitations has passed, please do not email the show with anything that you could still be prosecuted for because we are snitches and we will I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God. I ain't going to jail for nobody. Never. I don't think I fit in. Oh, they'll figure out a way to fit. They'll find oh, a place for you. Oh, they'll, they'll fit you in. They're going to fit you in. Pretty young thing like you, mm, they're going to fit mm-hmm. you in. That's the first thing they're going to say to you. Come over here, Jesus girl. They call mm-hmm. you. What do you think Jacqueline's jail name would be? Jesus Chocolate? Oh wow! No, nah, I say, I said they, I said they savvy now. They just call her draws. Come here, draws. <laughs> we heard about you. I don't school think I girl. fit in. <laughs> they call you school girl. School girl. Royjobfair@gmail.com <laughs> if you want to be a part of the program. Um, now this one, I, I don't know how we're gonna connect sneakers and Jesus, but I guess we're gonna figure out a way to do this. Uh, JG, who do we have on the line? We have a reformed angry black woman, which I still need to understand. She is now in seminary school and the host of 
Tell them why you're mad, sis. Speak what you really feel. We have Jennifer Black with us. Yes. Welcome to the job fair. Now, I'm here. How did you, I guess, walk me through that decision? Because it's one thing, that, like people go, I'm going to go to church more often. I'm going to be active in the church. And then you was like, no, I want a degree in this and I want a check. Or have you even thought about the employment amplifications of this? Like, have you done any research on that side of the game? Because mm. it, you still need a roof over your head. Yes, mm. absolutely need a roof on my head. So my ministry is actually my life coaching business. So I'm a spiritual life coach. So oh, basically okay. how I got here is the, let's talk about the angry or formed angry black woman. People, okay. So I was at a job that had me all the way messed up. <laughs> like they had me all the way messed up. I was bullied like crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it was just really, I felt like it was me against the world. Was mm -hmm. it your dream job? Was it your career? Was it what you really it was wanted to a, be doing? It was a career. Like I was there for 10 plus years. Mm -hmm. It really took me to a really, really, really bad place. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was like, I quit. Really? There's no way that you are going to kill me here. What year is this? Is this pandemic action when you quit? This is pandemic this pivot? action. Okay. This is the definitely pivot. pandemic the pivot. action. Here we go. The pivot. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. And never, when I tell you guys, Roy, you know me, like I would never have thought to be in seminary school. Never thought about entrepreneurship, even though I'm a huge proponent for small businesses. Never thought that I would be doing that. I'm a guru in government contracting. Never thought that I would be doing this and never did I ever. But Jesus came down himself. God, Lord, he said, this is what I want you to do. And here I am. I'm my first semester of seminary school and I'm knocking it out. And I'm actually loving it because I see the lane of which he's wanted me to go. And it's Christian leadership. So yeah. it's actually teaching people and coaching people <laughs> to be better Christian leaders. So then it's not about a church. It's not about doing this to start a church. It's like there's a lot of different ways. You, you never know what may happen. He right. may actually lead that way. I'm just I'm step by step, day by day. But tell him why you mad to speak with your is where I'm at right now with it. So <laughs> we'll see. So if I may, at least from what people we've had on before, the seminary school is kind of a rigid. It's kind of old kind of base is that kind of the same thing you're noticing now so the the school i go to is actually very very much of a school that is into what's happening right now that's the reason okay. why i love the school that i attend and okay. because i'm not a pastor i'm not mm. i'm not a pastor like my mm. i have people in my cohort who have masters in divinity i i don't i did i have a master's degree in business I just basically was honest. My part was pure. And I just basically was like, I come off the strength of I'm living the Jesus experience. So that's how I can, you know, steward other people to get through the trials that they're going through because I have lived it. And that's how I'm being a living example. JG, hey. you got a question about this before we move to sneakers? Because I want to hear do. about some sneakers. Too. I do. I want to go back to the angry black woman part, because we all know what James Baldwin said to be black and conscious in America. It's been a constant state of rage. So any advice for other people who don't necessarily have an outlet, people mm. need to learn outlets. And that's where I get upset with church as a whole because they're not teaching those outlets. outlets. So any advice? Meditation. Mm. 
I call it, there's two different types of meditation that I do is deep thinking. And then there's the actual breath work. Mm-hmm. So like breath work and actually deep meditation is actually really processing your emotions. So like really think about yes. what's really going on. And I'm talking about take that thing to the granular level, like a two year old can understand how you feel. You know, like really take it there. Like really think about why did that particular thing trigger me? Why am I feeling a certain type of way about this? Mm-hmm. Like really take it there. And it could t- it could be, you know, an hour, 15 minutes or whatever. You know, take your time and really, really dive into it. You know, something you just mentioned about, you know, you take it to the gym. Girl, listen, let me tell you something. I lost 85 pounds. I know what it means like really? take that thing to the gym. Yes, absolutely. And I'm telling you like 85 now, pounds. I think you took that to the crack house, but continue. <laughs> Respectfully. It took three years to do it though, Roy. Oh, okay. It really took oh, a long okay. time to do okay. it. Okay. Okay. So My like bad. in you, in doing yeah. that though, I'm you, like, Roy. I ain't but I ain't gonna say nothing to give me a note. Y'all just eighty five pounds in two months. Anyway. <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> not the gym. That's Jesus that's Jesus for real. Maybe a little bit of cocaine, but yeah, either way. <laughs> So it's just like, I took that and I was just like, let me do something I've never done before. Mm. So I challenged myself. Right <laughs> now, I'm training to be a, I'm training to be in bodybuilding competition. Really? Absolutely. Before this journey into the DMV and all of that bullshit. Yeah. That you went through. Oh, God. You were the first shoe salesperson. <laughs> That we had on the job, but yeah, she's the first one. We've okay. never had anybody that worked at a shoe store. True. At this Foot Locker, here's a question <laughs> I'm trying to be very respectful in asking, because mm-hmm. only a certain race of people are going to understand this question. Mm. Did you work at the Black Foot Locker mm. or a White Foot Locker? Mm. Oh, it matters. Oh, mm. I was a Foot Locker girl for six years, so I worked all over. My absolute favorite was the one in Five Points West. If I'm not mistaken, now correct me if I'm wrong, Jen. This is the Foot Locker where on Jordan Day, kids would line up at like seven o'clock in the morning, Ralph. A line. Mm. You know how the kids line up because they want the shoes. Yes, they do. Yes, I do. And fucking dope boys would pull up in front of the Foot Locker and rob everybody in line and take everybody's cash Mm. because they were teenagers and they didn't have debit cards yet. That's right. What do y'all do inside? Because essentially, if you got a bunch of Jordans that everybody is robbing for, do y'all even feel safe in the store? Absolutely not. But listen, this is this this is the the ultimate scam. I got a scam story for you, though. You know, this wasn't me, but I knew somebody who did. I was I was scheduled for work that day. It was Jordan Day, and he Uh was trying to get commission. Okay, so an assistant manager, his greedy tail. Oh, greedy. He was greedy. Jordan Day in the hood. You decide to open up the store by yourself. No backup. And you know, you know, Birmingham. So he gets credit for every sale. So, you know, Birmingham got to do what Birmingham does. They ran through that store, didn't they? Oh, no. Why would he do that? Did he get fired? Why would you open early? Oh, he didn't get fired, but he got into some deep trouble. He had to pay for whatever was missing that, that them joints that were missing. He had to pay for them out of his pocket. Could I slide somebody fifty dollar? Hey man, hold me a size thirteen. They doing lotteries now, so like they, yeah, they doing lotteries now for. See, Roy, I'm about to say, man, you, you, y'all know y'all tapping into my heart. I just lost a damn raffle this morning for the Pata Air Maxes that just dropped. 
how and does that work? Say, I, I don't I know. It, do the not sneakers app, this lottery the sneakers shit app is evil. It is the worst thing ever. I Let understand, but that's for online card. purchasing. I'm talking no, about like... No, I know. It's for all purchasing now. Even if you go in line, you got to get something from the app to go stand in line now. You can't just stand so in line. So don't even anymore. show up here unless you already have been confirmed by the app to come get this shoot. Pretty much. Or if you know a store app. manager, make it happen. Mm-hmm. From what Ralph is saying, apparently not even the store manager has power anymore. Like you can't even show up and rob nobody in line now. Mm-mm. What you happened rob to them. the good old days? You got to do it old school and rob them after they get the shoes now. Remember when mm. Boo Boo was hot? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh For God. us, by us. So, in Alabama. So listen. So hey, don't act like Fubu wasn't hot in the DMV for a minute. Don't front. Hey, I was too busy wearing madness. I'm from the area. Don't get wearing, me started, please, man. Wearing pelly pale. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Ralph was somewhere wearing Carl Kanai shorts. Hey, I was wearing Kanai. So I'm <laughs> So this one time, I'm at work. This is happening. Like, this happened in real life. Somebody came in and wanted to snatch and grab, okay? So they didn't know that everything on the rack was tied to the whole oh. entire oh. rack. With the little <laughs> cable, like the bicycle security cable Exactly. Joint. Roy, they <laughs> drug the whole rack out the door. That's if you ever go to Foot Locker and Five Points West, you always know why that door ain't, like, it ain't Move, it ain't open to close like it's supposed to because it's not seen a lot of action. That's a method. It's not seen with that kind a lot of, of strength. Yeah. Well, the podcast is Tell Them Why You Mad Girl. What's the other mm. half of it? Uh, no, Tell Them Why You Mad, sis. sis. Speak what mm. you really feel. Tell Them mm. Why You Mad, sis. And she is a life coach. She is Jennifer Black. Where can people find you on the socials? You can definitely find my podcast on jenniferc.black.com. You can find me on Blacklight Coaching on all socials. And if you're looking for me on Instagram, it is Life Coach J Black. Thank you for joining us for Jesus Week Jesus. and helping us know that there's a lot of different paths into knowing the Lord. Yes, in the all kingdom, right edifying his kingdom. <laughs> Mm. All right, well, we're going to let you go because I'm about to do something that might get us sent to hell, and I don't want you to be a part of this. You don't need to be around. Don't need, you don't need to, be, to around. be around for when I sing this gospel song that we're about to <laughs> get out the door on. But um, I do appreciate you, as Thanks. always, and I wish you nothing but the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Well, that's the show. Roy's Job Fair is a product of South Park and Princeton Productions. <laughs> iHeartRadio and Comedy Central and I feel like we did a good job this time, JG. Okay. Two back-to-back episodes about the law. The law. We are not even with the house for doing that OnlyFans episode and that episode about the woman that be peeing all on the camera. Mm. Peeing on the camera? Yeah. Get them girl Friday. Fury. Mm. We like Hurricane. Oh, we like that too. That's why we have to do this episode to balance it out. Mm. Next week, we're going to go international. Yes. JG, if I don't talk to you before then, um, I do want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving week. Oh, thank you. Mm. A happy Thanksgiving week. And um, hit us up, RoyceJobFair at gmail.com. Are we talking about Jesus? You going to church? Are we talking about Jesus? You going to church? Jesus. We talking about Jesus. Jesus.
Jesus. Jesus. Jesus. Then the pastor comes up to the mic. If there's one person here who wants to join the church, come on down now. True. This is your time. If you need a church home, this is the time for you to come down here and give your life. Give your life over to Jesus. 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 <laughs> I'm just happy to be old enough to be able to say that stuff in church. That, that's where I'm at. You gotta let that ride, JG. I see. That pipe organ, just, just let it, just let it drizzle down all over you. This was a and good show, man. Yes. It was fun. It really was. And um, I'm sorry that, you know, we didn't get to everybody that we wanted to talk to on this topic. But, you know, it really was a good time. And next week we'll get back to some regular heathenry. We <laughs> are not heathens. Yeah, speak, speak for yourself. yourself. Word up. <laughs> This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.